and welcome back to the What the Fork Sunland preview show. Sunland are back at the Stadium of Light this week as they welcome an inform Cardiff City to Wearside on Sunday. Things have changed a little bit since we last saw the Welsh side, so I decided to rope in Wales Online writer Tom Coleman to give me a bit of a lowdown and tell us what to expect this coming Sunday. Tom, how are you doing, mate? Are you OK? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, how, how are you, mate? Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, not too bad. It's sunny again in Glasgow, so I don't really know what's going on. That's the second week in a row where it's been very sunny. So, uh, yes, I'm not too bad, mate. But um, I think we'll delve <laughs> straight into Cardiff. Crest of a wave, I think, is the uh, the phrase I would probably use. I think big win in the South West Derby, uh, South West Wales Derby, obviously followed by a 3-2 win over a very good Coventry side, in, in my opinion. I'm assuming the mood is really positive with Cardiff fans at the moment. I think that's a pretty fair fair assumption. I mean, to be honest, I think even before the South Wales derby, there was a bit of um, there was a, a positive mood that I can't really remember for for, for quite some time um, around the club. Um, I think fans have really bought into Errol Bullet and what he's trying to do. Um, they've had a very decent transfer window by 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 all accounts, and um, you know, the, when you bring someone like Aaron Ramsey on board. Um, as a championship club, that I mean, let's be honest. Towards the end of last season, Cardiff, you could you could argue were were lucky not to slip down into League One. Um, and you know, I guess the more cynical onlookers would say that they only stayed up because of because of Reading's points deduction. But um, you know, so f- to end a season like that and then get a player with with Aaron Ramsey's um, caliber on boards has, I mean, and all of I guess that as well as. Um, and a manager that many consider to be an exciting, exciting appointment. I think you know the mood was already high, but you know when you win a derby, when you win a derby anyway, it's it's, it's a big deal. Um, but when you've been on such a rotten run that Cardiff have, um, I mean, losing the last four, I think they'd, I think they'd actually only won the last nine and hadn't won a derby at home for ten years. Um, so it was a very sort of cathartic moment for for for, for many uh, Cardiff fans and I suspect uh, the squad as well um so you know that's kind of kind of taken been taken in um into the mood over the last few days really I think there was there was an initial fear I think that um, it would be typical Cardiff to go out and get beat by Coventry on Tuesday after such a massive high um but you know as you say you know they've come out and um they go. They didn't do it the easy way, um, as they very rarely do. But um, to beat uh, what you rightly uh, described as a very good Coventry City side has has only increased the mood, and I think they'll probably be. I think they'll head up to the Stadium of Light full of confidence. I think looking at the start of the season, I can't quite remember where we put them in our preview sort of of the season, but. A lot of people tipped Cardiff for relegation because of the season they had last year. And I'll, I'll be honest, obviously, we played um, Cardiff in like April around Easter time and they looked stodgy, would be the word I would use. It, they weren't anything massively exciting. But ninth of top, I think, at the time of speaking, they've totally defied the expectations. And yes, it's a, a long, hard season. But but what was it that's tipped the balance so that Cardiff can have a start? So is there anything you can pinpoint or is it just sort of the the season started with an exciting a manager's appointment, a big signing, and, and it's gone on from there? Um, well, first of all, I think stodgy is a very good word to describe how Cardiff have been over the last few years. Um, the football has been very, very stodgy. Um, I think, I think with er- Errol was an, uh, Errol Bullock's an interesting appointment because you know it was a very left field name, and Cardiff 
don't really tend to go for those sorts of names. Um, you only have to look at some of the managers that they've had. They're either people who have been inside the club already in Steve Morrison and Mark Hudson, or they've been um, sort of seasoned championship managers, I guess, um, appointments that many would consider to be easy ones. So your Mick McCarthy's, uh, your Neil Harris's. I mean, to be brutally honest, you could probably make that argument for Neil Warnock as well, although Neil Warnock obviously turned out very, very well for them. Um, so I think... <sighs> I, I'm not privy to exactly what what the sort of discussions were behind the scenes or, or, or on Bullet's appointment, but certainly it feels like, or it felt like at the time, that this was going to be a change of direction. And I think they really wanted to bring someone in who was going to kind of, I guess, lay down a marker for an identity at the club. Um, Steve Morrison kind of tried to do that, um, wasn't, didn't really do enough. That was an unfair decision in my in my opinion. Well, that was at the time, but uh, I now see Steve Morrison is managing in the seventh tier. So maybe I maybe I was wrong about that. I don't know. But yeah, I think you know when you see someone who comes in and, and he's ma- and he's managed you know teams like Fenerbahce, you know really really big household names like that. Um, I think a lot of Cardiff fans looked at that and thought, well, you know, we don't usually get managers like this, and I think a lot of them. Did get quite excited. There was always going to be a big rebuilding job as well, and you know some of the signings they've made. Because um, bear in mind they've got they're, they're not allowed to um, pay any money for players under the terms of their embargo, so they've had to be quite creative about it. Um, but they've still managed to make some 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 very very good signings this summer, um, and you know the hope will be that in January when they actually are allowed to spend money again, they can perhaps further strengthen again, but. It's, I, I, I would say the only thing that hasn't quite worked out perhaps in the way that many might have wanted is, is, is the actual results. I think, yes, okay, they've won the last two, but I mean, you know, it, it was a slow start to the season before that. Um, I think probably the most frustrating uh, game would have been that defeat at home to, let's be honest, a very poor QPR side. Um, and, you know, when you have results like that, Normally, I think it's <laughs> those are the sorts of results that can send Cardiff City into a nosedive. But that hasn't happened, and I think that only adds to the sense of feeling around the place that you know this season really could be something quite different. I don't think anyone's expecting top six or anything like that, but I think there's definitely some real um, optimism that, that that some foundations going to be laid this season. I think the manager appointment was really interesting. You touched on the managers that were there previously, and I think we sort of seen how some of them were sacked were not in the best way, shall we say. There was a social media post about the manager when he told his kids he got the job and then he's been sacked six months later. And it was it felt very like, oh, this is going to be mid-table relegation fight in Cardiff. And then they bring in this manager, which is Errol Bullet, which is a random name that I'll openly say I don't know a great deal about. And I don't think many people did. Obviously, Fenerbahce with a club that really sticks out from the club he's managed. But I don't know much about him. Sunderland fans definitely won't. And he's still very early in his tenure, but you know how has he fared, and, and how have the fans taken to him, and, and what is he all about? Um, well, I, I I still think it's a little bit too early to tell exactly what he's 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 about in terms of in the context of him being a manager in the championship. Um, I think the one thing that he has brought that Cardiff have maybe lacked um, is is contact. Um, and you look at some of the players that, he, that he's brought in, um, Gutas and Siopis, you know, players that he's 
he was well acquainted with from from his time in, in Turkey, and you know he's he's got a contacts book that extends far beyond um, far beyond what what many previous managers have had. So I mean that's a that's a big thing, um, but you know he he's he's someone who clearly values you know intensity, teams playing on the press. Um, I don't think it's particularly free flowing football or you know or possession based or anything like that. Um, but um, it's certainly kind of very. It's a very. It's a style that's very much on the front foot, and I think Cardiff have become so accustomed to. Well, as you said, stodgy, stodgy football. I mean, players who are just kind of like there's no real kind of. I think before Cardiff were kind of lurching from one kind of plan to another. Um, it was very. There was a huge amount of short-termism at that club, and it was kind of like every managerial appointment, probably since I would argue, probably since Neil Harris left, has been kind of with a view of a short-term fix in mind. And because of that, it's been very, very difficult for them to kind of establish any sort of identity or ever or any kind of overriding philosophy. And what I find quite ironic this season is that you know, for during that time, the team that um, had all that was Swansea City. Um, they were making appointments that, uh, that were probably just as left field, but appointments that kind of suited their overall um, view on how they wanted wanted their team to play. <laughs> and yet now this season, they've probably ended up with a manager that um, many Cardiff City fans will be looking at and thinking, well, that's exactly the sort of point, appointment we might have made like two or three years ago. Um, so, yeah, it's... <laughs> it's it, 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 it's probably still to come back to your question about you know what what Errol's all about. I mean, I still feel it's early days yet, um, but I, I think over the next few weeks uh, we'll probably learn a little bit more. We might not get the full picture though until January, until he really kind of is allowed off the leash to to, to financially to to really kind of mould a team in the way he wants. But um, kind of fans, as I said, they're, they're pretty excited about it. I think if you win a derby, you kind of get a at least a stay of execution sometimes, but um, the signings have been impressive. And I think from an outsider's looking in, there's one name that sticks out we've already mentioned. There was the links to Gareth Bale coming back a few years ago. That never really happened. And, and Bale went where he did and, and he didn't end up back in Wales. But Aaron Ramsey did. Big name signing, especially at this level. Not exactly like on his last legs. He's still a decent age. He's returned home to play with Cardiff. But as we saw like a few years ago, you know, Jermaine Defoe, when we signed him, it doesn't really always work out. Sometimes it goes drastically bad and doesn't do anything but it seems like in the early weeks he's definitely at least added to the team but what kind of player has Aaron Ramsey come back to Cardiff as and, and how well has he played since he returned at the club um well yeah well look when Aaron Ramsey first signed I was I was a bit skeptical about it if I'm honest because um my first kind of thought was well if Aaron Ramsey still has anything about him there's absolutely no way that he's going to drop down to the lower end of the championship, even if it is, you know, his quote unquote hometown club or whatever. Um, so I was quite skeptical about it. I also didn't, wasn't from a Wales point of view, I wasn't massively keen on it because I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure it's in the best interest of, of, of the Welsh national team to have your captain playing at um, a level that's, that, 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 that would have been quite unthinkable really uh, only five, 10 years ago. But I mean, look, 
this isn't the Aaron Ramsey of five, ten years ago. He doesn't have the legs that he used to. Um, there are still going to be concerns about his about his fitness. I mean, indeed, he was he, he was actually rested for Tuesday night's game against Coventry. So you know, he's not going to play you know forty odd games in the championship. I, I can't see that. Um, he's at the stage now of his career where he does have to manage his game time. And, um, you know, the, I, I think that was another kind of initial concern that many people might have had when he first came on board. It's like, well, you know, he's not going not, not to play week in, week out. Is it? Is he really going to have the fitness to make make an impact? But, but look, the games he has played in, he's shown his class. I mean, and he's still got that technical ability. And honestly, you don't, you do not lose that. Um, I, 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 I haven't seen a massive amount of him this season. I, I, but I was very, very impressed with him uh, on the during the South Wales derby. Um, I thought he was the best player on the pitch by a country mile. Um, he just had that elegance about him in midfield. You know, to pick a pass, to bring others in, in into play. Um, he was there to pick his teammates up when things weren't perhaps clicking as they should and um you know one of the one of the things that one of the accusations that's constantly th been thrown at Cardiff over the last few years when it's come to that fixture is that they don't really understand it as well as, as Swansea City do you know they don't have people in that camp who understand what that fixture means to people and what it means to the fans um and in Aaron Ramsey they had exactly that I mean you could tell that this was the sort of game that he'd come back for and with that in mind I, I began to get a bit more of an understanding as to why he has made that move back because I think if he really wanted to, I think he could have easily, you know, probably become a decent squad player for, for, for a lower Premier League team, perhaps sat on the bench somewhere in mid table. I don't know, but um, I think the emotional pull for him, I think all that was real. I think, you know, th th there was a genuine sense that he wanted to come back here. Um, but he is, he is, he, I keep saying this, but he, you know, despite not being the player he was five, ten years ago, he is still head and shoulders above you know, a lot of midfielders in, in, in this division. And you know, he's if he's on song, he's going to cause he's going to cause teams problems. I think the the only concern I would have with 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 all that though is is whether the players around him can make the most of it. Um, I still have doubts over you know, some of Cardiff's options in the final third. Defensively, I still think they look vulnerable. But, um, you know, I think if an Aaron Ramsey is on song, you've always got a chance of winning football matches at this level. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I've seen him appear for Rangers and it wasn't his best spell, but I mean, the Europa League is a very different standard to the, the, the championship, which I think we all know. Right. Um, let's talk about Ramsey, and I think he's the name that you, you see straight away. But, you know, when you look at like Cardiff fan sites, Cardiff Twitter accounts, Oli Tanner seems to be the man that's in the headlines. And yes, he scored a, a goal in the local derby. That does help him. But um, I don't know much about him. He, again, he's a player I don't know a great deal, but it seems like he's a he's a big talent. But how big of a talent is is Oli Tanner? Or is it a case of he scored the goal in the derby and everyone loves him for the next couple of weeks? I don't think there's ever been... I, I think he is a very talented player. Um, I don't think there's been any doubts on that. Um, but I think the main... From speaking to some people uh, about about this subject because you know a bullet was actually asked after the game you know can you actually believe that Oli Tanner was playing at the sixth or seventh tier of English football last season and it, it sort of 
Bullock kind of shrugged the question off and I, I, I almost kind of didn't really understand why it was being asked, but um, or at least that's how it came across. Um, but I think reading between the lines from what I've heard about Tanner, one of the things has been, one of the concerns has been his attitude and, with, and his commitment. I don't think there's any doubts over his talent. Um, and he's really come into the fold a lot more under Bullet. I think Bullet sees something in him. Um, well, I'm not, maybe it's not seeing something in him, but I think he he's perhaps a bit more confident that he can handle him um, in a way that perhaps other managers probably weren't. Um, he's definitely... Uh, He's definitely a highly rated player, um, but at this level, he's still very, very unproven. Um, and there's certainly a lot of excitement around him uh, from 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 Cardiff City fans. But I think the jury's still out for me in terms of whether he's going to be um, a, a proven talent at this level. But I think if he gets, he's got for, to me, he's got the he's got the talent, but he's very, very raw still. Um, so he needs to get his head down. Um, needs to get a few games under his belt, um, and I guess just needs to find his feet a bit more. But uh, you know, it was a cracking. I don't know if you saw it against Swansea, but it was, I mean, it was a cracking finish. That, that's what he's capable of. And I think if Bullock can, it's, it's, if Bullock can kind of find a way to, to to utilize him and bring him up to the best of his abilities, you know, that's going to be quite exciting because Tanner is the sort of live wire player that Cardiff fans have sort of been pining for um the last one i can really remember was kind of like i don't know lee tomlin maybe i mean tomlin was similar in many ways i guess no one you know he, his his talent was unbelievable i mean he was a superbly technically gifted footballer but um the commitment just wasn't there and you know he, he proved quite frustrating i mean the likes of neil warnock for example, I mean, a, a huge man motivator, he can get the best out of him. Um, Neil Harris had a bit more luck, I guess. But um, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not, not, not for one minute saying that they're they're, they're similar players, but certainly it's, it, it's it feels like a similar situation. And Tanner is, um, he's he's enjoying his football at the moment, and I think that's that, that that's a huge plus. But if you know, like I said, if if Bullock can get the best out of him, um, it, it's going to be it's going to be good for everyone, I think. Looking at Cardiff this season, I touched before on saying how I think a lot of people outside of the club are tipping for relegation. And I spoke to a QPR fan of QPR Friday last week and and he kind of went, yeah, you could feel it and you kind of hope we're going to finish fourth bottom. But it feels a little bit different for Cardiff. I don't think Cardiff are quite as dampy as, as you said earlier, a very QPR, poor QPR side, which we, we saw as well, to be fair, last week. Um, but what were Cardiff fans' expectations? I think, you know, you always want to hope and think that you can win the league, but where would be success for Cardiff this season based on how the, start, how the season was viewed at the start? Um, question, I'm not sure, is, is, is the honest answer. Um, I think I think anything other than the sort of... I don't want to call them relegation scraps because I don't know if they, if, if, if they really count as relegation scraps. But I think Cardiff fans are just they're just quite tired of looking over their shoulders all the time. So I think to just be comfortable in the championship, I think, would be a, a vast improvement for them. Um, I don't think there's a clamour for, 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 for a push for the playoffs or anything like that. I don't think there's a clamour for, for promotion. Um, I think... 
I think if you'd offered um, a season of consolidation and transition, I think a lot of Cardiff fans would take it, uh, would be my honest answer. But um, it's very difficult, though, isn't it? I mean, when you've got, when you've got a lot of changes, and it's, you know, even as a fan, it's quite, it's quite difficult to look at all that and think, well, what, 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 do, what do I want? What, what are the expectations? Um, and, yeah. you know, are you supposed to be looking at and demanding more? I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it, 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 it's a difficult one. But like I said, I, I think a, any kind of campaign where Cardiff fans aren't going into the last six or seven games dreading it, I think um, I, I think would be I think would be pretty welcome to be honest. I think it's, it's like last season. I think with us, I think a lot of us wanted to be stable, and all of a sudden we realised the league wasn't that good, or we were better than what we thought we were. And, your expectations change sort of overnight, and I think it, the next few games will probably decipher where Cardiff see the rest of the season. But like you say, it's like an, it's probably harder to challenge. But it has felt like Cardiff have been that bottom eight minimum over the past few years, and that's kind of a a grim place to be. It's a place where you feel you're going to be safe, but at the same time, what if Team X, Y, or Z has this ridiculously good run, and all of a sudden you you, you pulled into it? But before I move on to um, thoughts on obviously Sunderland and, and how we've been over the past year and since our arrival in the Championship, you touched before about how good the transfer window's been, and I think that's based on a few of the players that maybe we are not aware of um, that have came in. Is there any other players that are particularly on form outside of Tanner Ramsey that we've mentioned that you know we should keep an eye on on, on Saturday that we, uh, Sunday even sorry that we might not know about? Um. I quite like um, Siopis in midfield. I think he's he's a very good operator in the middle of the park. Um, uh, he he was another one who really shone on Derby Day. Absolutely bullied Matt Grimes. Um, just absolute. He's one of those. I'm not sure he's necessarily a technically gifted footballer, but he's just such a bastard to play against. Like he's just, he just doesn't, he doesn't give, he doesn't give his opposite numbers a, a, like a moment's peace, and in get in, in a league like this, like you kind of need a player like that, someone who can really, really kind of you know put the fear of God into players. So I really, really like him. I think he's 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 he. he I guess to sum up, he does all the sort of ugly, dirty stuff that kind of allows players like Ramsey to sort of step into the limelight and take all the glory, you know, those kind of, yeah, but um, it's, so yeah, I, I think he's done quite well. I think Gutas is uh, at the back has been a reasonable acquisition. Um, Panzo as well. Um, but having said that, I, I do think defensively Cardiff still haven't quite found, um, haven't quite found their mojo yet. I mean, again coming back to the derby that clean sheet they kept I think it was their first in 17 games which I think was the longest in the whole of the championship and then of course they go out on Tuesday and can see two goals to Coventry so you know defensively they they can be got at and that still remains a weakness for them um, but you know I, there's definite uh, but quite a few of the signings I think you know we still haven't quite seen the best of yet in my opinion um but you know, Siopis for me has to be has to be considered one of the more successful ones so far I think looking at Sunderland was speaking for the purpose of the podcast before tonight's game against Blackburn obviously because of the championship phase games that you like every two days it feels like um but 
talking about expectations and things earlier before and and Sunderland have kind of changed from a team where we went up and we said if we finish 11th brilliant and then we finish sixth and then all of a sudden we're a team that you know everyone else thinks we're going to be going for a promotion and playoffs and we we feel like that and we feel like one of the better attacking sides that play nice football but every fan is biased of their own club from the outside looking in what have you made of Sunderland's transition into the championship like last season and and maybe how we've started this season well I think if we win at Blackburn tonight we're in the playoffs obviously I've put the kiss of death on it now but what have you made of Sunderland's return to the championship because it feels inwardly like it's been very successful but it's always interesting to get the outside perspective um well look I think first of all I, 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 I think it was quite a big deal to see a club the size of Sunderland slip into League One in the first place. Um, but I think the gap between League One and the Championship is huge now. I mean, it's really, really big. Um, and I don't think it necessarily matters if you're a club the size of Sunderland and you know, you, you, you're attracting crowds double the size of most others in, in, in League One. To to get when you get up when you get back up into the championship, the bare minimum has to be to stay up. I, I mean that is that, well, sorry, not the bare minimum. The, the the maximum of your ambition has to be to stay up because it's so difficult to achieve anything more than that. Um, and I think you know <laughs> credit to you got to give credit to them. And I think you know in Tony Mowbray they've got a really really good operator. Um, who knows this league inside out? He knows what it takes to succeed. Um, probably not someone who, probably someone who, in terms of a higher level, no, no disrespect, but I probably would be considered a bit more out of his depth. But at this level, I think he's the perfect fit for them. Um, got them playing some some very effective football, um, and. You know, it, it, from the outside looking in, it seems like a lot of Sunderland fans seem seem very very satisfied by it. But um, have they exceeded expectations? I, I I don't think so. I I I think yes, it's yes, it's difficult to to keep your place in the championship when you've just come up to League One. But I think a lot of I still think that expectation from fans would still be there to 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 try and make an impact on the championship. But you only look at the likes of. I mean, Sheffield Wednesday is a good example. Sheffield Wednesday have only just come back up. Club that you could argue are a similar size to, to, to Sunderland. Um, very well supported. Um, probably similar in terms of resources. And, you know, they're struggling. And they're struggling to keep up with the pace now. They're back here. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you have the expectations from fans and then you have the expectations of you know, the reality of, of the situation, the reality of the situation is you've got to try and just, just focus on staying up. But that doesn't obviously stop a lot of fans from thinking, well, club of our size should be, should be, you know, at least coming back and, and, and looking up at the, sort of the top half of the table. But I think credit to them at the moment, they've really, um, they've really got a balance of the two. And it just seems... It just seems a much happier place, Sunderland, at the moment. I mean, the last few years have just—I mean, this—they were such a basket case of a club for so many years, and um, I don't know. It feels like they've kind of 
they've kind of got a, it's almost unnerving how sensible they've become now because <laughs> it's like it's one of those kind of constants in the universe that you kind of sort of expected it's like you know that the, the, you just assumed that Sunderland were just going to be this weird basket case of a club that were just lurching from one disaster to another, and that that, that would just be it for the rest of for the rest of time. Because even in the Premier League, they were still you know <laughs> they're still going through some pretty bizarre episodes. Um, so it's a lot, I would dare say, a lot less fun for the neutral to look at Sunderland because it's not quite as dramatic and it's not quite as dare I say funny, but. Um, I think I I I, th- I think some of the fans quite are quite happy to be sort of boring and solid for a little bit. I think that's just kind of what they've what they've wanted and pined for for so many years. But you know, it's I mean the other thing as well is like they've they they're not just sort of surviving. As I said, you know, they are kind of this season they do look like an outfit that's, that can compete. And you know, I think. Last season, they came quite close to 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 making their mark on the playoffs, and then you know didn't quite work out. Um, and I think you know that that that's probably increased expectations even more. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, how do you feel from Sunderland's point of view? I mean, what's your expectation? I mean, is 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 it is it playoffs? I mean, I yeah, I still think sort of top eight, something like that, might be. I think it changes weekly. Like it's weird. I think if you listen to a podcast we did after the first two games, which we lost, which coincidentally is now to the top two, Ipswich and, and Preston. But Ipswich and Preston at the time, you're like, oh, we've just finished sixth, and so on and so forth. I think at that point it was like, oh god, my expectations have really gone down. But then we've broken Southampton. I think um, they've been completely broken since we played them. Big win against them, and then you win quite comfortably at QPR, which we were the better team with eleven men. And all of a sudden, you go, well, hang on, if we win. Blackburn tonight, which again I've jinxed it now. Touch wood, we we do. Um, we're in the playoffs again, and you think, well, but I think so. I think you know, start of the season, like I said, why not go for the Matics? And then you see the strength of Leicester and Southampton. And you think, well, maybe not go for the playoffs, and then you batter Southampton. But then in the championship, you're only ever one week away from getting beat off the worst team in the league, and then hammering top of the league five 0 It's just the weirdest league on the planet. So probably mm. changes week by week. But I'd be disappointed if we went any further backwards from last season. But replacing the likes of Diallo and that's a that's another conversation for another day you don't always get a Diallo that can sort of light your season up but it brings me quite nicely onto the the sort of the, the penultimate question here is I think as a fan base when you watch a club every single week you, you sort of know or feel like you have your favorite players and your strongest players but it's it's sometimes completely different when you look outside um from the times you have caught someone on TV which are the players that have stood out for you most over the past sort of season or the start of the season even um well I, I i'm not entirely sure how how well he's done but i mean i've always i've always quite liked bradley dack um i i uh, you know i've always thought he's a decent operator at this level yeah he started well wellish um, but um you know I, I, um jack clark's another one um but uh i think they were pro- they're probably the two that i've Kind of quite liked for, for for some time, but you know, as you said, I've not watched a massive amount of Sunderland this this, this season, so I can't, I can't can't form really a, 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 an effective opinion. So I bow your bow to your superior knowledge on that one. But um, you know, I think you look at Sunderland as an overall kind of package. I think 
this is going to be seen as a very, very difficult game for Cardiff. And I think um, to go up against a side that, you know, like I said, came came very close to really making their mark on on the playoffs, and obviously it didn't quite work out. And then uh, I, I think that'll be a good yardstick for understanding where where Cardiff are at the moment. Although I think they've got quite a good record at the stadium of light. I think they've. Is it the last three they've won? Last three or four? I can't. I can't remember. Yeah, they beat us last. I think it was our worst home performance of the season, and there was a couple of them last season because we weren't as good as at home as we were away from home last year. But Cardiff at home, I specifically remember being the most turgid game of football I've ever seen, and nothing like what we played the whole season in Cardiff. Nick the goal, and I'm pretty certain when we were in the championship last time that everybody beat us. Um, so probably. Stodgy, yes, very stodgy, mate. Very stodgy. Um, hopefully, we can sort of change it this week. I'll normally go with my prediction first, and I never get it right. I've had one right already, which is early in the season, and I always get it wrong. But I do feel quite confident. Look, I think um, you touched on before about Cardiff conceding goals. I do feel that there is teams that really struggle to stop us from scoring. We very rarely don't score, although I've said it now, haven't I? But um, and Cardiff do concede goals. They've only had that one clean sheet, which you touched on before. I fancy a narrow 2-1 win and potentially one of the most boring games of football, but you'll take three points any day of the week. But you might go different, Tom. What would be your thoughts on how the game goes on Sunday? Well, I've obviously got to be a bit more positive from a Cardiff point of view, as you probably expect. But I do think I can see them conceding. Um, But I I, I think the the relentless nature of the schedule might just start to take its toll. Coventry obviously pushed them all the way on Tuesday. And, you know, a South Wales derby, I think there was a few walking wounded from that. So um, I will go for 1-1, just to be nice and optimistic. And I think that'll be a good point for Cardiff, to be fair. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, Don't know whether it would be for us, but I'll tell you at the end of the season because it's (laughs) mad. Um, But Tom, thanks for popping on, mate. Good to see you. Um, No worries. And uh, if people want to find out, you know, the, the post-match stuff, I've noticed how many people enjoy reading the opposition side of things. Where can we find the work that you do? Obviously, you cover more than Cardiff, but where can we find your stuff? Uh, so uh, I'm on wellsonline.co.uk. Um, my Twitter handle is Tom E. Coleman as well. So, yeah, come say hi. Perfect. Tom, thanks very much, mate. Have a good rest of the evening, but have a, a poor Sunday from a Coventry perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Graham. Thanks a lot. Last I said, one. I said comedy there as well. I meant Cardiff. <laughs> Not going to edit it. Can't be asked. 